0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: As I said tonight, we are going to begin a new book of study, Sefer Mishlei, the book of Proverbs. And we know who the author is. We'll see that at the beginning of verse 1. It's none other than king shlomo that is king solomon and the objective of this book is to impart wisdom knowledge and understanding in order that we can see truth what's truth god's will god's revelation and utilize that for his purposes to be accomplished by us understand there is nothing more gratifying nothing that is going to bring greater joy into your life That when you fulfill the purposes of God. And God is so good that he allows us to do that potentially every day. We are his servants 24-7. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, we are called to do his will. Thanks be to God, that we are called into his family for the purpose of doing his will. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to that location, Sefer Mishlei, the book of Proverbs, and chapter 1. Now, before we begin, we need to understand that the word proverb is an English word. What does it derive from? It derives from a Hebrew word, Mishal. Here we have Mishle. What's the difference? Mishle is plural and it's also in the construct form which means the Proverbs of. And we'll see that these are the Proverbs of King Solomon. But the word Mishal, the singular form of this word Mishle speaks about an example. An example And this is instruction in order that we learn something. And if we apply it to our life, we're going to be demonstrating heavenly wisdom. We are going to be accomplishing, as we talked about earlier, the purposes of God. Now, what's also interesting is this. This word, mashal, it also, when we make it a different noun, It becomes the word Memshala. Same root, but a different construction. And it's the word Memshala, which means government. And here's the takeaway for us. The book of Proverbs teaches us wisdom, understanding, intelligence, knowledge. All of this. And these things must rule our life. It's only when these truth govern our life, rule our life, then and only then are we going to make the right decisions, God-pleasing decisions, whereby God will use us and we will become a vessel of his glory. When I say of his glory, I can also say for his glory, meaning we become a vessel of God that manifests the glory of God through what? through the utilizing of truth, of wisdom, of understanding, of intellect that is not uh, an intellect that originates in the natural, but rather in the supernatural, specifically from the kingdom of heaven. Look with me to Proverbs chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, where it says, Mishle Shlomo, the Proverbs of Solomon, Ben David, the son of David, and this is, of course, King David, the king of Israel. Now, we know that Solomon and David were the only two kings that were kings over Israel and that also ruled in Jerusalem because after Solomon died, The kingdom was divided. And that divided kingdom had the kingdom of Judah, called by that name Judah, in the south. Its capital was indeed Jerusalem. It didn't change. But the northern kingdom, which was called Israel, its capital was Samaria in the north. And therefore, when we talk about the king of Israel, we can only be referring to two individuals. And that is solomon and david in this case both are mentioned but the author is indeed king solomon and we know that the scripture says that he was wise in fact god gave to him because he prayed for it properly god gave him supernatural wisdom and we read here look again at verse 1 the proverbs of shlomo the son of david the king of israel verse 2 to know wisdom and and pay attention to this next word as i was going over this passage with my wife in her translation it gives the word instruction and i believe that that is a very inadequate word when we look at it in the original language the original word here in hebrew is a word musar and musar has to do with ethical things and moral things so musar even though it's a singular word we would translate it having to do with ethics and morals and this is important to god we see that wisdom when it's applied properly is going to cause that person to live in an ethical way a way of integrity and also in a most moral way and we're going to see that other things are going to be revealed to us about conduct but don't make a common mistake and that is that god's not concerned with our conduct he's only concerned with our faith no faith true faith impacts behavior it will influence our conduct what we do and what we will not do So look at verse two, to know wisdom and this word musar, ethics or morals and to understand imre vina, imre, well, it's words of understanding is what it literally is, but it's not the written words, it's the spoken words. So to be able to discern when you hear words of understanding and this word understanding here again it's related to wisdom remember what we said about wisdom wisdom is the ability to take knowledge or understanding and apply it in a given situation in a proper way at the right time in order that the objectives of god are indeed fulfilled and that righteousness Is also manifested these words of understanding when we practice them are an invitation for God to come and rule in this situation at that place look now to verse 3 verse 3 we have that same word repeating in a moment where it says to take again Musar so important that we see with God ethics and morals are highly important to him, highly significant. To take, and this can be received, it could be mean as receiving, to receive ethics and moral. And notice the next word, the word haskel. Now, if we do the word haskelah, same word, just one's masculine, one's formal, it has to do with, well, haskelah is higher education. And so we're talking about intelligence but an intelligence that's not normal but supernatural and here's something that we need to see and it's this it is only and mark this down remember this it is only when we are behaving with the wisdom of God it's only when we are accepting God's moral standards and his ethical standards which The world more and more is rejecting because of that antichrist spirit that is coming into the world rapidly. It is only when we are operating with the moral and ethical standards that God gives to us through his word, then and only then are we going to grow in intelligence. Now, here's a a false message. It's this. Be open-minded. Be broad-minded. No. We are going to see in a few weeks, later on in the book of Proverbs, God warns us not to be open-minded. but we want to close our mind and only allow in those things that are morally and ethically and, and based upon the wisdom and the understanding and knowledge of God to enter in into our thoughts. If we just let anything come in, be aware that the enemy is going to utilize that to get a stronghold in our minds, and he is going to bring corruption to it. And a little bit of corruption, it becomes a spiritual cancer that works through the whole mindset and also will begin to impact decisions and speech And also actions so make no mistake what we're dealing with in this book of Proverbs is highly important highly significant if we're going to accomplish the will of God and again we have to ask ourselves is this important to me so he speaks here about taking or we could understand it receiving ethics or morals And this will broaden our intelligence in a supernatural way. And we will also, as an outcome of that, have discernment for knowing what is, look at the end of the verse, what is righteous, what is just, and what is upright. And I want to focus in on on those three words very briefly. Righteousness, we've talked a lot about. We also have the word justice. And when we Execute justice righteousness is going to be manifested when we behave righteously justice is going to be ensured But notice this last word the word upright and it's in the plural and it speaks about a uprightness in the fullest sense that touches not just one aspect or one person but it permeates a a location and what's the meaning here this word uprightness Perhaps maybe the best way that we can think of about it is with the word that which is appropriate. And when I look at the world world today, I see violations over and over of that which is appropriate. For example, we deal with worship. As I go from place to place, I see so frequently what is being done in a local congregation that's being presented or pushed off as worship i don't think it's worship at all i think it's highly appropriate many of the words that are being said the type of music and the presentation of that that worship uh, experience i think it's ungodly i think frequently it is very immoral the attire the movement and such it's not in keeping with what god would see as upright or appropriate and then likewise much of the teaching today is not appropriate meaning it is not in keeping with the character of of scriptural truth over and over in society we see things being violated and because of that when you violate moral and ethical standards it will make A person very unintelligent and he will not know or she will not know what is appropriate and they will become confused about morality and ethics and you'll just see the decline of society and if you're following me I think you would agree this is what's happening today the moral ethical standards are are disastrous today in societies throughout the world why a rejection of this book well look again at verse verse 4 where it says letet lift now this word to give to who to give to the simple ones now these are those who maybe lack a maturity in the faith they lack a biblical knowledge they lack the information that the scripture presents and so what does a wise one do well it says here look at verse verse 5 to give to simple ones and we have the word or ma now we have to understand that many places we have a word and depending upon context we have the definition of the word for example i've shared with you right now in israel on our weekly hebrew broadcast here in the land of israel we're going through the book of jeremiah we've been doing that for a long time going through the entire book word by word verse by verse chapter by chapter we've just arrived at chapter 48 so we're coming towards the end and in that study we have a word that is translated so differently throughout the scripture it can mean to visit it can mean to redeem it can mean to punish it can mean to consume and the word simply is a word of committed action and depending upon what's needed god sometimes what's needed is redemption what's needed is god visiting to bless to help to deliver but other times what's required is god to visit for the purpose of judging punishing destroying so a very very different uh, application of that word depending upon the circumstances what is required but it shows god's commitment to do the right thing well here when we look at this word this word orma it's used in fact i believe the first place it's used in the bible and this usage is in the garden of of eden where it speaks about the serpent, the nachash, being a crafty uh, animal, more crafty than all the others. And what it speaks about is knowing something in order to accomplish an objective. Now, when we know what's needed and how to accomplish the objective of God, it's a good thing as it's in here. But when it's knowing how to accomplish an unrighteous, an ungodly, an evil objective, then we see it as craftiness in a negative way. But here it says, to give to the simple ones, and the implication is, the knowledge, the understanding, so that they can accomplish what they should. And to the young person, knowledge, and what else? Knowledge and mezima. And this word, Again, if you do a good study of it, you will find that many times it speaks about a a plot, a scandal that's not good. But here in this context, it's a plot, it's a scheme in order to accomplish the will of God. So it's being able to know what the objective is and how to accomplish it. And, and God gives knowledge. His wisdom teaches us how to do that. Verse 5. He will hear the wise one. And by hearing the wise one, he will add or acquire this word, lekach. Lekach, in Hebrew is the word for a lesson. Now, we've all heard the expression, I learned by lesson oftentimes that means I've done the wrong thing and I've learned what the wrong thing is. I've suffered because of that. It's been unpleasant. I've suffered loss, whatever it might be. I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to do that again. But here what it's saying is that when we hear wisdom, it's going to add, it's going to provide to us this lesson. We're going to learn from it and we're going to have, keep reading the word navon. We will become intelligent. We will be someone who has understanding. And we will acquire, and this next word, it's the second last word in the Hebrew verse, but it's usually translated last because many times we find in Hebrew the noun followed by the subject or the verb, excuse me, the verb followed by the subject and here we have the the noun being followed by the 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 verb so in this case it speaks about something and this is that one is going to and look at it very carefully it says he will acquire this is the last part of the verse what he's acquiring is the noun the the objective what is he going to acquire well again it's a synonym for accomplishing an objective now you may not know it but if you do a good study of this word you will find that this word that i'm emphasizing is also the word in modern hebrew that forms the basis for a terrorist act we call a terrorist a mechabel and this has that same word within it What's the message? Well, when we talk about this rehensible act of terrorism on October 7th that Hamas carried out, that took the lives, and I don't know why, that that the number that we see of Israelis that were killed, it's just 1,200. And it doesn't want to change in international uh, press releases. But it's almost 1,600 that were killed on that one day in basically a, a few short hours. What an atrocity, what a tragedy, and all the other death and sorrow and horrible things that accompanied that date and thereafter. But realize that horrible, and it's just that, that reprehensible, that evil, that wicked action of terrorism It just didn't happen. It took much planning, much investment, much time, and careful thinking. And the word here has to do with the effort of planning and and all the things that go into carrying out a plan successfully. And what it says here, because this word oftentimes has to do with something that is morally bankrupt something that is clearly evil but it also as it does here can simply be speaking about the effort the time the investment the planning the strategy to bring about an outcome and it says here that when we hear wisdom we are going to acquire the ability to accomplish the objective verse 6 to understand and how we have the base word that I mentioned earlier, the word Mashal, which the book of Proverbs, Sefer Mishlei, is derived from, to understand the example. And then look at this next word, the word melitzah Now, this is not a word, and I, I want to be very upfront with you. When I came across this, looking at the Hebrew texts, I, I didn't know this word. I had to do my own study. And it's probably best translated with the word enigma. An enigma is something that that requires a solution, but the solution is not a normal one, not a natural one, not something that the vast majority of people can perceive and understand. An enigma is something to most people which is confusing it confuses them and they don't see the action that that situation that enigma is demanding but when you have wisdom a godly wisdom through a means of the holy spirit then you're going to be able to solve an enigma and it says here divrei chachamim the words of wise ones or wise words however you want to translate that and what else Ve chidotam now the word chida is singular here it's plural chidot what's that it's riddles now we see a parallelism between this word for enigma and riddles a riddle is again something that you really have to think thoroughly and oftentimes we hear that riddle I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's, it's telling me. I don't know what the solution is. But wisdom, a heavenly wisdom, will give you the ability to solve, to understand, to perceive what the solution is to a riddle or to an enigma. Meaning that wisdom causes us to triumph over the confusion that really characterizes this world this world is a world of darkness when you don't see truth and there's no light light is oftentimes in Hebrew we have many books religious books called Torah or why the law of God is a light and when you turn on the light you can see things clearly where in the darkness it was confusing so we read here wise words or words of the sages and also their their riddles verse 7 the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge wisdom and then notice how this verse concludes but fools and then the next word this word Musar again it repeats so much this word of morality this word of ethics it says but fools despise now again if you do a good study of this word that's despising it's a word for having contempt or in its base form means to disvalue something not to put any value on something believing something is worthless and what the scripture is saying here is this that these individuals that that reject the fear of the lord these ones are not going to have knowledge or wisdom they're not going to embrace the the moral standards the ethical truths and what are these people foolish it is foolish when you do not value wisdom knowledge and ethics and morals that's what the scriptures say and again i am compelled to say that when we look and evaluate this world we see this world is a place that does not value heavenly wisdom, a, a biblical understanding, a truth that manifests itself out in that which is moral, that which is ethical, and that which is appropriate for from God's framework, what God says is appropriate. Look now, if we could, to verse 8 like a father speaking to a son and it says my son here and again the same word musar ethics and morals my son hear. ethics and morals the ethics and morals of your father and do not abandon do not leave do not forsake the law of your mother now here the imagery and the language suggests a family a father a mother and a son now it's a tendency to say son but the same can be applied to a daughter and what the scripture is saying is simply this that the ethics morals that the father has and which is found in the law in this case parallelism You have the father and you have the mother these things he's saying in this passage do not forsake them but listen to them and not just listen this word for hearing is a word of respond respond to them why well he's going to tell us in verse 9 look there for yat chen now livyat is comes from a word which means to to go alongside to to escort but but here it's in the sense of some ornament like a type of jewelry and i would say and i think some english translations do it this way we're talking about a wreath it's for the head as we'll see in a moment a wreath of grace it says for for your head and an ornament and here again a decoration something that is pretty something that is appropriate and and a chain or chains in the plural for your throat now understand we we have to to put a biblical context in hebrew we have the word sevar which is often translated neck but it's usually a synonym for the hebrew word orif which is the back when we deal with this part the front well we think of that as throat But this is another word that can be understood for neck even though it's this front portion and if you're going to put a chain around your neck and a pendant it's going to be in the front part and this is an ornament and here the language is speaking about oftentimes someone a wreath of grace it's talking about someone who performed and did something and they have the 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 rewards Or the testimony, the prize of accomplishing something good. And that's what the scripture is saying about wisdom, about knowledge, about ethics and morality, and that which is upright and appropriate in God's standards. It decorates us. There's a visible appearance that comes from someone who behaves in this way. Verse 10 My son, if sinners seduce you or tempt you now we know that our carnal nature loves the gratification of the flesh and what gratifies us in the short term it flees quickly but what does our flesh crave sinfulness but notice what the scripture is saying here again verse 10 my son if sinners seduce you do not go. And literally, it's not the word al-tavo, but it's al tove. And in this case, it can mean don't be brought alongside. Don't allow this sinfulness to take hold of you and bring you with them. We need to guard ourselves against the influence of sin in our life. And the way that we do that is by learning wisdom learning that which is the knowledge of God that which is based upon a biblical understanding this is the takeaway from this first section of the scripture then he says if they should say to you come come with us and we will ambush for blood now sin is going to bring about death notice the the language here come with us because we're going to ambush someone and what's their objective for blood that is an idiom to bring about the killing of someone to shed blood this is what sin does make no mistake about it every time that you and i sin doesn't matter who we are whether it's you and me or someone else or our neighbor it's truth i'm going to share with you sin will always bring about suffering just write that down every time that you choose to sin in your life and the great thing about being a believer is this as a believer i have the holy spirit and the holy spirit is always 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 faithful to convict me of of sin so many times I I say something and the Holy Spirit don't say that I say it anyway and it's it's it brings shame it brings regret it brings embarrassment whatever because I did not listen to the Holy Spirit and whether it's something I said or something I did when it is against and you violate the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life it's going to bring about sadness and suffering it might be to the person who committed that sin or it might be to someone else who perhaps that word was said that action was done or a family member or a friend a neighbor whoever but just learn this principle sin always will bring sadness and suffering and in this context it even brings about death and there is definitely a spiritual connection between sin and death In the Bible. Look again. It says, if they should say, and the implication is to you, although that's not in the text, if they should say, come with us and we will ambush for blood or we will hide for, and we have the word naki. Naki here can be translated an innocent one or one who is clean, meaning pure. And we see something. We see these sinners, they are against that which is of God. That which is pure, that which is innocent, that which is not sinful. They want to come against it. And why are they doing this? Well, notice the last verse, or the last word, excuse me, the last word in verse 11. It's the word chinam. Now, chinam is the Hebrew word in modern Hebrew for free meaning without cost without price here it has a meaning without cost so these people because of the influence of sin see when you're under the leadership of the holy spirit you want to build someone else up you want to help them you want them to experience life and life abundant that's what a true believer wants to impart and share with others but a sinner they want to ambush For blood they want to to hide in order that they can can strike against the innocent one the pure one and they do it it says without reason without cause why did they do it there's no reason other than they love the suffering of others they rejoice in the misery and the sadness and the pain of someone else That is not how a believer thinks. And just realize, every sinful decision that you make or me, we are inviting into our life or the lives of others. Perhaps a family member, a child, a parent, or perhaps even a stranger. It doesn't matter. You can be assured, if you sin, it is going to produce sadness and suffering for for someone else. Verse 12. And we will swallow them as Sheol, what Sheol, the place of the dead. We will swallow them as Sheol, and the implication is, swallows the living. And then we have the word Utmimim, and those that are whole, those who are complete, as they go down to the pit. Now, in this scripture, we see that that the wisdom writing, like Proverbs, oftentimes uses Hebrew poetry, the characteristics of Hebrew poetry, which is parallelism. And we find Sheol is parallel to bore or pit. And we find that those who who are swallowed up or are swallowed up by Sheol alive, they are also the same ones who in a complete form. They go down to the pit, meaning they want to, to take and destroy. The word here for whole, they want to destroy that. They want destruction. And that word for pit is a place of destruction. Verse 13. kohon honorable which means every, and the word hon is the Hebrew word for, for amassing something. Now, if you are involved in investments, you might know a portfolio. And one of the words, a biblical word for a portfolio or a list of assets is the word hone. And what we have here is something that is of value because when you read it, look again at verse 13. Every portfolio of value. They say, let us find and we will fill our house with plunder now what they're talking about here is they are looking for that which is valuable not necessarily valuable to God or or relating to the kingdom of God where there's true treasure but something that has value in this world and it says every assessment of those things of value and uh, a ass- accumulating is the word that's probably better every accumulating of that which is valuable they want to find it and fill their houses it says fill our houses with what plunder now this tells us something that last word shalal is a word that's usually related to an army who is victorious taking the plunder the spoil from from the ones who are defeated and what these people are saying is this let us let us go forth let us hide and wait let us conceal ourselves so that we can strike against those who are innocent those who are pure we do it without any justification without cause because our objective is to find those things that we think are valuable and we want to bring them into our houses and we do that through In the same way an army defeats the enemy killing slaughtering attacking this is this attitude of the sinners verse 14 your lot and the word here goral and the reason why I'm paying uh, uh, attention to the Hebrew is that we need to understand the words the word goral is a lot But it can also have to do with the future. So if you say, My Hagaral Shali Be Chaim, you're talking about your lot of life, but it's usually speaking about what you're going to receive in the future. So look again at verse 14. Your lot, those sinners are saying, Your lot, let us fall, let it fall. Uh, with ours into ours and then it says Kis one purse will be for all of us now the word here i translated purse is literally the word for pocket in in hebrew but the implication is we'll have one pocket one place that we're going to store all these things and you're going to share equally in it you're going to be part of us now this is very subtle because there's many people and what they are looking for more than anything else is community they're looking for a place that they can fit into where there is a a support system people that know them people that like them people that that are there for them and what's happening is this it's saying and this is why discernment is so important these people are wicked they are sinners and they say you know come we'll all share this you'll be with us come and join and have put your lot with ours don't do that because their future is going to be disastrous and their encouragement to join them is simply going to be you sharing in their same destruction at the end verse 15. my son do not go On the way with them then he says refrain your foot from their their pathways now here there's a very important word in the the basic form limnoah what does that mean to prohibit or we could think lehit apek means to restrain and this is what we're talking about here as you grow spiritually you are going to realize there's more and more things which are not appropriate for you that you prohibit yourself from being part of and that's okay because that's going to place you on the narrow path not the path that most people travel on and what did messiah say on that great sermon on the mount the pathway that leads to life is narrow and difficult meaning you suffer on that pathway but that's okay because the end there's life true life abundant life or we could say kingdom life so look again at this passage where he says my son do not go in the way with them but the implication is restrain or refrain your foot from their pathway there and the word here is nativ which uh in in modern hebrew if you're driving down a road you're driving in your lane there may be several lanes of traffic but the word nativ is your lane and what he's saying is don't get in their lane their lane is not for you it is not where you want to find yourself verse 16 for their feet To evil they run so look again it says for their feet to evil now here evil is what's being emphasized they run to evil but it doesn't say they run to evil it says to evil they run what's the difference The way that the Hebrew is written shows that the objective, what they are pursuing is evil. What's evil? I hope you know this by now. Evil is simply anything, hear that, anything that is not God's will. If you are not in God's will, you are in an evil place. Now, Now, people don't like to hear that. If you are not committed and passionate, concerning the word of god that this book is not the love of your life and the basis for your thoughts your decisions your words your action you are evil you say but i'm saved but you might be displaying an evil character rather than the character that the holy spirit wants you to you may be quenching and grieving the holy spirit because you do not have the objective that you should you have still your objective and you believe that God is going to help you accomplish your desires your will he is not so notice what the word of God says for their feet to evil they run meaning their feet is what's being uh, uh, relayed here and they hurry notice this they hurry to to spill blood. Now, what it's saying here is simply this. The enemy is an ambassador of death. He loves death. But our God, our Savior, Messiah Yeshua, he is life. He is the God of life. He's come into this world that we might have life and have it ever increasing in abundance and what he's referring to this ever increasing abundant life is a kingdom life so he says here for their feet run to evil but remember it says to evil run and they hurry they are quick to to shed blood and the implication is most would see this as innocent blood verse 17 key chinam for without cause without reason see they what this scripture is telling us is that they are being controlled by the enemy they are doing things without cause without justification without reason they are pawns of the enemy because they rejected the wisdom of god so it says for without cause they spread the net in the eyes of every bird and they look at verse 18 and they for their blood they lay in wait and they hide they hide themselves for their souls meaning they are pursuing the souls of other they are lying in wait to shed blood to bring about death and not just physical death but spiritual death that is what a sinner is about and this should not be how we think or behave and we should have no part with them verse verse 18 actually verse 19 our last verse thus the pathway of everyone and we have the word bosea but uh, this word beta in its noun form is a word for profit or gain and what it's saying here and i think this is so profound what solomon is telling us here and that is yes the pathway of everyone who is pursuing profit who is pursuing gain what does it say the the soul of its owner meaning this the soul of the owner it will take meaning this if you are pursuing gain and profit that's what you are about then that is going to take your soul away from you you are not going to have the capacity to respond to God see what does the scripture say Messiah taught You cannot serve two masters. You either love one and hate the other and so forth. You cannot serve both God and mammon, meaning money. Now, when he talks here about gain or profit, when someone says, my life is to acquire, remember what we talked about earlier, that word hone, that word for amassing an estate, a portfolio of wealth. Well, when your objective is in the things of this world, you will not be able to think spiritually. You will not be able to be penetrated by the truth of God. It's not that God's unable. There's a spiritual law at play here. And that's why God many times will bring about financial ruin that God will will cause you to suffer loss, you will feel empty, you will be frustrated, and you simply say, why is this happening? God says, do I have your attention yet? God can get your attention. And one of the ways he does so is when you find your life in a mess. And why is it in a mess? Because you chose your way. My hope is this, as we go through This book of Proverbs, and it's my intent, as we do with all of our book studies, to begin in chapter one and go all the way through to the end of chapter 31. And my hope is that it is going to be a life changing, a perspective changing experience for you. We're going to go through this book, we're going to learn a great deal from Malach Shlomo, King Solomon, about wisdom and understanding. That which is appropriate that which is upright that which fulfills the moral and ethical standards of God and you're gonna to have to decide is this of interest to me or is it not and my hope would be this that you might encourage others to to listen you know one of the great things about Proverbs and I remember when I was working in a secular job for a financial institution and i was asked to to share a little bit about myself and about my faith but the business was very concerned about how i might do that and what book did i choose i chose the book of proverbs because this wisdom when you look at it it can speak to so many people people who may be far from god uninterested in god but the book of proverbs it truly is anointed so i would ask you to do something i would ask you to encourage others to watch this study it is going to be a study that is going to speak to the inner man the inner woman and i believe it is going to bring change why because shlomo wrote this in order that we might have a kingdom desire a kingdom perspective and not the perspective of this world i promise you you study this with us it is going to produce a change in how you think and look at life in every aspect of your life well until next week may god bless you
0: shalom from israel